listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Right there, right? I love that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for leading us in that. That was a little weak. I think we clap a little bit louder than that. Come on, there we go. There we go. All right. There we go. Got some, what do you call it, Bavdacostals? <laughs> you got some Bavdacostals out there. I love it. Hey, tonight, uh, just for you type A'ers that love order and are just freaking out, like, what's happening? Like, I'll, I'll fill you in and you can, whew, you can breathe and relax. Tonight, what I kind of want to do is I want to uh, very uh, strategically celebrate in some different ways, some things that God um, has done this year and specifically um, highlight maybe some people that I know were a part of that. And so all of you, that are in this room have been a part um, of what God has done specifically just like in our ministry in, in some way. But I want us to, to not live through a whole year, especially the crazy year this has been, and note the fact that we have still been able together and worship God and be discipled and grow in Jesus Christ, find him as our greatest pleasure and purpose and go proclaim his name on campus. I mean, like we have been able to do so much despite this crazy year. I don't want us to just get past it and forget to look back and thank God for what he's done. So that's a little bit about what this night is. And I want to uh, highlight some certain individuals. I want to pray over some certain people um, that are maybe going out uh, in in various ways. Um, And so uh, don't get nervous if I mention a category that you're in and we ask you just to stand and we want to pray for you. This is good stuff. This is what the, the body of Christ does. And I've tried to give enough of you kind of a notice of that. And so, um, first off, what I want to say, um, I want to spend to get emotional. I think Jesus paid it all, got me. Um, what I wanted to say to, to all of you in the room, um, is, is thank you so much for, for hanging with us this year. Um, this, this year has been, like I've never done a full year of college ministry. I've done the youth ministry before, but this year has been so interesting and so wild. And I know we did so many different things. Like we're supposed to have pancakes tonight, right? You know what I mean? We did Chewy's trying to make up for it. All right. Uh, extra love and some, some creamy jalapeno sauce just to kind of really help uh, soothe the pain of no pancakes. Um, but what I want to tell every single one of you is, is seriously, thank you so much for hanging with us. Thank you so much, no pun intended, for going with us on this journey of 2020, 2021 school year. Um, I, I know um, looking back, I'm like, oh, I could have done this differently or communicate this differently or led us better in this way. Brandon Hayes is in the room. I know we've talked about this pastors. We've felt that way. But thank you so much for being a part of what God is, is doing here and, and engaging with that. Like, I can't tell you like how much joy I get. Like it's every, my same routine. Now you're going to know it. Right before I preach, I got to walk back and I kind of just sit there and, and I look over. I just thank God for all of you every week. And so thank you so much for every single one of you that have been a part of this ministry and what we've done. And so uh, what I want to do uh, next um, is uh, I, I want to, um, if our journey residents could stand up, yeah. journey residents in the room, y'all can stand up, y'all give them, give them a hand. Um, there you go. 
uh, y'all stay standing just a little bit longer. They, they have all completed uh, a, a one-year residency um, in the journey with one of the hardest bosses to work with ever, Katie Ritchie. Not me. I'm not the boss. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> just joking. But uh, man, uh, and what they've done, and you, you got you to gotta know this, and they know this just like me. Um, just because you get labeled journey staff, it, it's not because your prayers get answered faster or like you secretly levitate behind the scenes and God has specific anointing. No, they just, in this season, it was clear God opened up the door uh, and, and they have served this past year. And so I want to draw attention to that and know a lot of things that go behind the scenes, a lot of things that make our ministry better before bigger, um, they're involved in it on the front lines. And so I just want to draw and thank, and thank them for that. So thanks guys, I appreciate it. Um, next, if uh, you are serving as a connect group leader, could you please stand up? Connect group leader, I'll give it for them. Awesome. I know what some of you are thinking. Don't, don't roast your connect group leader if they're not here tonight. All right? I know what some of you are thinking. Don't do that. Uh, it's a busy time of year. <laughs> I see Garrett Glover giving a thumbs up. I don't know if Matt can see that over there and Jace. Um, anyway, hey, same type of thing. Um, man, thank y'all so much. Um, if, if you have not, if you're in a connect group and have not, uh, thank them and maybe even thought of something very specific that maybe they've done or they've encouraged you in. I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, but a lot of times when you're serving in any sort of way, you don't get like, you don't just read minds and know, Oh, I know exactly how I've helped or encouraged them. <laughs> so it's really encouraging whenever someone says, Hey, you really did this for me. You helped me in this or whatever. So make sure before tonight uh, to thank them for what they've done. Um, thank you all for the time and sacrifice you've made. So I'll give it up for them. Thanks guys. What I want to do um, next is um, if you are in some way or the other, um, oh, this first, sorry. I'm going from memory. Um, if you are a graduating senior on the undergraduate level, graduate level, or even doctoral level, I think if you're any sort of those, a graduate, if y'all could stand up, stand up real quick. Yeah, graduating senior, I'll give it up to them. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Bryce, you take that really well, bro. Like you got that down, like the, the humble nod. I love that. Hey, I need y'all to stay standing. Y'all see us stay standing. Um, hey, if you, if you could, it's gonna be hard for this row. I think we can do it. Um, I, I just want to pray for y'all right now. And, and here's why. Um, you uh, may be going geographically outside of Lubbock. Maybe all of you don't want to be in Lubbock, but like not all of you are leaving Lubbock, right? Um, but some of you may be staying here, whatever that looks like, but you need to see this. You are, all of you, being sent into your next season of life. It's not gonna look, look the same anymore. Maybe that's uh, harder classes, more responsibility, working and class, going fully into a job, going into graduate level, doctoral level, whatever it is. But this current season, um, through God's grace, is coming to a close and we're turning that page to the next chapter. And so you're being sent in that. So if we could, I would love if, uh, if, you're, um, if someone could just uh, around you, just uh, hand on, on the shoulder, uh, just to kind of pray over you. Uh, you don't have to stay uh, sitting down and make it where you can stand up even. I just would love for everyone in the room, if you could just have one person uh, at least uh, kind of praying over you. <laughs> don't hit anybody, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. 
Y'all. Hey, no shoulder rubbing either. Just like, come on, guys. <laughs> no massages. Come on. Um, I think, uh, all right, I think we're covered. And what I'd like to just tune out is just, I, I just want to lead us in prayer for you and what this season means for you. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this um, group. Dadgummit, wish I could have gotten longer with them selfishly, but man, they're, they are um, finishing up this season and they're going to go do great and awesome things. Some um, geographically far from here, as far as they can get. And some of them are, are staying here for whatever that season entails. And I just pray that God, you send them out with, with the light of your truth. Um, and that they, as they have found Jesus uh, to be their greatest pleasure and purpose, that that would just exude out of them wherever they go. And, and as people see and interact with them in a, in a workspace or um, in a graduate level space, or um, maybe in a space they, they don't know what that space is yet, but you would just, oh Lord, use them uh, to your, your glory. Use them to reach the unreached. Use them, um, God, to, to point people uh, to Jesus. Um, and there, I just pray, God, that because of wherever they go, not because of who they are, but because of who you are and you're with them, that wherever they go, they make that place better. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Y'all can be seated for a second. So now, now what I would like to do um, is that there um, are most of whom that I, I know for sure in the room, and there are some that I, I maybe don't know and haven't had a conversation, but what I would love to do is if you are in, involved in some sort of um, like camp ministry, so like a camp that is designed to point students to Jesus, not like Camp Hope, that Disney movie, like the fat camp, like not something like that. I don't know if y'all have seen that. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen that, you need to check out that, that movie called Heavyweights. Um, anyway, <laughs> things that, that's why I should stick with my notes. Um, but if you are serving any sort of camp this summer in that light, can you please stand up? Anybody? Awesome. I go for them. Sweet. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. Same, same sort of thing. Not as many people. If we could just kind of like lay, lay a hand on you, I'd love to just pray, pray for you right now. If you have one takeaway from this night, you should know, man, that brother loves prayer. All right. This will be your takeaway. Awesome. All right, let me, let me pray for us. Uh, Father, thank you so much uh, for these students that are going to, to go and serve um, at the camp in some form or way, various ages of students from, from children, middle school to high school. For the middle school, God, give them extra grace, please. Um, <laughs> um, in all seriousness, Lord, I pray that you would use them. I pray that they would be like... Um, like Mary and not Martha and finding Jesus the greatest portion every day. Uh, camp ministry can be tiresome, exhausting, and a, a lot of energy output. So I pray that they'd be able to rest in you. I pray that they'd be able to love our students well and even their, their families if there's a family camp that's happening. And uh, Lord, I just pray that through the summer, not only they'd be pouring out, but they'd have someone pouring into them and they'd just be able to look back and, and see how you moved, see how they, they grew. Um, so God, we just, we send them out to, to those places uh, now and ask that you do big things through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks guys. All right. Okay, I promise 
This is the, the, the last one. All right, I promise this is the last one. We should never get tired of praying, but I see somebody getting weary. Um, anyway, so if you are um, going on our South Dakota mission trip, or at least really, really planning on it and trying to figure out the last minute details with it, but we've talked about it. You're planning on going to that and or uh, you're somebody that um, has, we've talked to uh, about like international mission board opportunities overseas. Maybe it's a two, three week, six week, eight week type thing. And or you're going anywhere inter- internationally or even in North America locally. And we just maybe haven't talked or specifically about that. Um, could you please uh, stand up and actually uh, come stand right here? Do you want to do that? Anybody who's doing that? I'll give that for them. Kylie, you look super pumped to be in front of everybody. I'm sorry. You don't hate me, do you? <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. What's up, Hunter? Hey, I, I, wanna, I wanna clarify something uh, just, just real, real quick. Um, so critics mind, hey, Cole, why, why are they standing up here? Uh, why did everyone else not stand up there? Well, honestly, like logistically, I didn't know how many people for the other things, but also for this, um, when you're putting your yes on the table to go on a mission trip, what, what you're saying, uh, I think maybe more aggressively than anything, it's like, hey, Satan, I'm about to punch you in the face with the gospel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so what you're asking, in a sense, you're like, I didn't know I was saying that. <laughs> yes, you are. Get your boxing gloves on. Um, but what, what you're saying is like, hey, I'm, I'm about to go to areas that apparently are so unreached that they need mission trips to, to those places. Does that make sense? So you don't, I mean, maybe people have gone on a mission trip to Lubbock, but that would be my priority, right? And so we're going to places where we're saying, hey, there's a lot of darkness and we want to shine the light of Christ on those places. And so they would tell you themselves and I would tell you themselves, there's, there's nothing that makes us better about going overseas or choosing time to go on a mission trip or whatever. But what they need more than anything, maybe even more than we realize, is the body of Christ to come alongside them and you, not just now, but throughout the summer, maybe a few of them be choosing to pray for them. And they need us to come alongside them even right now tonight and, and lay hands on them and pray for them as they kind of go in, into the battle. Every single one of you just pray for it? Yes, in a very real sense. As I said in my sermon a few weeks ago, we need to awaken to the war that's going on and, and fight those battles with the sword, which is God's word. But when you're going on, I will tell you, I, I have not at any other place but except on missions encountered something so spiritually dark that I was like, that's spiritual warfare, absolutely. And so they're gonna be going to some places uh, where maybe they won't encounter something crazy. Maybe, maybe they will. But I want to um, come alongside them as they put their yes on the table and, and even before they come back, even before they go, celebrate with them that that yes that they put on the table before God looked like this. Does that make sense? And I want you to possibly envision for yourselves Envision that just maybe, not in any pressure sense of way, that maybe this time next year or this time in December, that your yes on the table that we should all be putting before God might just look like doing something similar. Does that make sense? So what I wanna do, in the same way that you lovingly and graciously uh, prayed for me when I came in January 14th, 2020, <laughs> right before March 2020, um, stood right there, had everyone come down and pray for me. Amazing experience, because that was you saying, hey, dude, we love you, we, we support you. 
I want you guys, if you would be willing to, to come down to the front um, and, and do that for these guys with at least uh, one person prayed for. So this is, involves everybody. I want everyone out of the seats to kind of come down here to the front. And not everyone's going to be able to have a hand. <laughs> not everyone's going to be able to have a hand on the shoulder. That's fine. If that's so, just place a hand on the shoulder of the person in front of you. I like that. Those fingers. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Holy fingers. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Apparently, I saw this modeled over here. If you can't reach the person, you can just do that. It's just just as spiritual. Two more things, and I'm going to stop talking. My wife pray. But um, there is... There's nothing magical about our hands. In scripture, what we see from the very beginning in the book of Acts, the early church, they did this for each other. And so that's what this is. Uh, We're we're saying, hey, everyone in in this room, like I think if you're praying, you love the Lord Jesus, you are a Christian, you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God and we're coming together as one unit and sending you out. So that's what this is about. I don't know why I'm holding this mic, I have this. (laughs) Thanks. Last thing is, is... um, I think a lot of you down here up front in some form or fashion have had a conversation. (laughs) Why am I crying? This is so dumb. Uh, Conversation. (laughs) This is not dumb. I'm dumb. Um, With with my wife about, about being mobilized. She works as an International Mission Board student mobilizer, and she spends a lot of her time uh, with college students, uh, not to be the person to always talk about missions, but to be the person as you're putting your ass on the table to see, hey, is this what this looks like for you? Uh, That's literally her job. That's her calling in this season. And so a lot of you up here have talked to her at some point or another, and I can think of no one better than I would love to just pray for you on behalf of you wherever you're going this year. And so I'm going to have my my wife, uh, Caitlin Rhodes, uh, pray for you now. (laughs) Yeah, we'll say. Got it, TJ? All right, I'll pray. Father, we just come before you and we're so thankful that you, um, Lord, you allow us to be a part of this work. It's so, um, it's such grace that you allow us to be a part of of somebody um, maybe hearing the gospel for the first time, even if that's just planting a seed. Lord, we are so incredibly thankful as your children that you may allow us to be a part of someone's story of their life changing forever. So Father, we um, pray for these students right now, um, the ones who are going to South Dakota. Father, we pray um, that as they step into this area, this Native American area, Lord, that they um, would have strength each day and just have confidence because they know that you you fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they are fully equipped walking into every day, Lord. And I pray that they would be faithful to serve no matter what that looks like and to be faithful and bold to share the gospel and to love, um, to share the love of Christ. And for those, Lord, who are going internationally, Father, I know Central Asia and other places, Lord, um, walking into, Father, strongholds that break our heart. Father, places where... um, 
the Muslim belief and Islamic faith has been so present for years and years and years. But Lord, you, we, we rejoice because we know that you are so much more powerful than that. And so we pray that you would break down strongholds, that you would use these students and others who are going just to um, boldly proclaim the gospel. And Father, I pray that they would sit at your feet each day and that they would be filled up by you, that they would not find their identity in the work that they're doing, but they would remember, Lord, that you um, have made them a child of, of God. You're a child, Lord. You have redeemed them, and you're going to use them now to be a part of others' redemption story. So, Lord, we praise you for that. We pray for strength and for logistics and open borders, that everything would go smoothly, that you would keep the enemy away from us, Lord, because he does not like this. But we pray that you would give all of us strength, no matter where we're going this summer, to just go forth with the gospel and make your name known. Sing your son's name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, y'all. Thanks so much. God can be seated. All right. As y'all have a seat, I'm sure I see some conversations sparked about where they're going. I'm sure people would love to share more about their, their trip and what that looks like after tonight. Um, hey, if, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, or your phones, uh, all you got your phones, we're not kidding around here. Um, I want you to turn to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. Homeboy, which is me, in order to stay concise, um, I don't necessarily have an introduction story about my life to start off with it that really connects to yours, but I do have a perspective that I want to share with you that will kind of lead into this. And so here's what's very interesting, uh, the humbling position that I have uh, just to, to be your pastor and to be up here week in and week out, especially as I'm talking about things of, of this nature. If you know much about the book of Acts, it's how the early church um, exploded via gospel proclamation and church planning. And so um, that's probably one of my strengths and niches, things that I think about a lot. But one of the things that's really interesting is I, I know that there's a little lie that Satan likes to whisper in your ear, especially when we go through series, maybe more kind of missions oriented or discipleship oriented. And what he likes to, to tell you is you start to kind of wake up a little bit and you start to get kind of fired up about the gospel and what Satan likes to do. He likes to shh, no, no, no. Like you just, you let, you let Cole do that. You let him worry about that. You let, you let those couple people up front like worry about that. Like that, that's not for you. Like you can never do that. You don't, you don't have the ability to do that. You don't, you don't have the ability to do great things for Jesus. You're just going to be kind of average. And what, what's, in, what's insane is that is an all out lie. Okay. And so what I'm putting before the table is that every single person in this room who is a true Christian, actually no excuses, absolutely nothing that you could say to me that would make me unconvinced of this, that every single person in this room who is a true believer, a follower of Jesus Christ has the ability, not because of who you are, but because of who God is to do great things for Jesus. Amen. And so what I want to do 
Not a good story to kind of introduce that, but that's a lie that I've heard. And I want to take Acts chapter one tonight and, and to that lie, like literally knock it so far that it takes it 10 years to come back. All right. That's a little exaggeration, a little optimistic side of me. And I want you to be convinced of the truth. And so tonight's question, if that's true, is what are things that are true about you and me and every single Christian and Jesus follower in the whole world that enables them actually for sure makes it granted that they can do great things for Jesus? What are things about me and you and every single Christian that are true that can make us and God enables us to do great things for him? One of those things. In Acts chapter one, I close my Bible, I'm gonna go back to it. Acts chapter one, starting in verse six. I want y'all to read this with me. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. And so what, what the disciples were doing here, the they is Jesus' disciples, they were asking him, they saw Jesus as a Messiah figure. He, he is the Messiah, so it's good that they saw him. But what they kind of thought, he was gonna be this like warrior king to like overthrow Rome violently and put Israel back at its place, uh, get it out from underneath the oppression of Rome. But they were still looking for that amazingly, even after homeboy like rose from the dead, they're like, so when are we going to take out Rome? And he's like, I mean, it's Jesus. If, if he had like my lack of patience, he'd just be like this to the side. Like, they still don't get it. Like, still don't get it. And so they're asking him, like, what's your plans? How are we going to do this? And he says, hey, um, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority. And so what Jesus is doing is he's basically saying, that's, that's kind of a, a God thing. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time answering that. Can I, can I tell you, I think Jesus is, is, I'm paraphrasing. Can I tell you something that maybe will get you to ask the right question? <laughs> That's not the right question right now. I'm about to tell you something though that gets you asking the right questions. He says this in verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. Acts chapter uh, two, we see Pentecost um, where the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples, then made apostles and like lots of crazy stuff happening, like tongues of fire. You can read Acts chapter two. We don't know exactly what that looked like. We'd probably freak out if that happened in the modern day, but it for sure happened. It was insane. A rushing movement of God's spirit came upon all of them. They did receive the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in different languages, intelligible languages of all the surrounding people in this area, all of their languages, many different ones proclaiming the gospel. And so all those different people and people groups also believed in Jesus Christ and thousands were saved this day. So, so Jesus is spot on. This happened for sure. Like it's actually historical. Like we wouldn't need, we, without the book of Acts, we could probably trace back this movement of Christianity to this moment that Jesus is talking about. And so they did. And what happened is they stirred up some, they stirred up some trouble in the name of Jesus and the culture and the world didn't like that. So what happened eventually, especially the Jews at that time, which rejected Christianity, heat up a persecution started and the church just starts to scatter exactly as he said, kind of in Jerusalem, it gets go out to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as the church scattered by the grace of God, you and I are a fruit of the end of the earth. Y'all see that? We're, Lubbock's pretty far away from, from where they started. Uh, you, you've caught that. And so things are exactly as Jesus said. And, and, and even today, we're still wanting to take the gospel to places where Jesus' name is not known, where the gospel is not known. Jesus was spot on in verse eight. 
but you will receive power. But you will. Spot on. Predicted it perfectly. Verse nine. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him up out of their sight. So like, imagine how weird it would be like to see, and I got a much bigger frame than Jesus did. I'm a pretty thick guy. To see me just like levitating up into heaven. You're like, what in the world is going on? And so like, I, I preached, maybe the best summer I ever have, and then just gone. Uh, but let's pretend it's slow enough to where like, you kind of like your angle of your gaze keeps going up, you know what I mean? And finally like your chin's all the way up, you know, true north. That's what's happening with these guys. They're like the disciples, they're just like seeing Jesus ascend and they're just kind of looking up and, Like, we don't know how high he did. We don't know if Jesus, he was like, I know the human eye, I made it. So like, they can't see me now. I'm poofy actually went into heaven. You know, you just, heaven is not just up as far as you can go. Y'all know that, right? Like we're talking different dimensions. We don't have time for that. But anyway, um, so poof, he he went into heaven. It's kind of funny if you said these two uh, men, while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So it's kind of like these two men in white, some kind of heavenly origin that they had, we can imagine. Um, <laughs> they're watching, they're watching, you know what I mean? And who knows, this is five minutes, 10 minutes. We don't know how long did Jesus ascend? What, what speed was he on? Was he on a three or a 10? We don't know, all right? He just was going up. And it's these, these guys, it's kind of funny. They're, they're probably like, these two men dressed in white, like, did they know in order to do what he said in verse eight, they didn't have verses then, but uh, that uh, they need to like stop looking up there and like kind of get to work. And so it's like they say, hey, hey guys, the way he, you know, he went up, he, he's, coming, he's coming down that way. Like he, he's coming back. But and before then, you, you've got some work to do. And he's trying to get their attention like, hey, you remember what he just said? You're, you've received power. You're, you're gonna go out, you're gonna do all these things. So that was kind of the commentary for six through 11. So what are some things that are true about every single Christian, every single Jesus follower that enables them to do a great and amazing things for Jesus? I think the first thing that we see is in verse eight, it says, but you will receive power. Friends, this is true for every single believer. The first thing is, is you are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Can I speak a fresh breath of air into you? Friends, I hear conversations using the word in various spaces, empowerment. Can I tell you something? Red and yellow, black and white, male or female, it doesn't matter. If you're searching for empowerment other than this, it's never gonna add up. You have the most and greatest source of power that you could ever imagine. And guess what? It's not about you or your agenda. It's God through his Holy Spirit, like the Spirit of God, like the same power that spoke the world into creation. God has graciously decided for that to indwell you. That's insane. That should blow your mind. Critics, I don't know how the the church has lasted this long. There have been people filled with power been undeniable. So what does that mean? It means we can't live like weak Christians anymore. We can't live like Satan's always picking on us. No, pick up the sword and the power of the Holy Spirit and punch him in the mouth. Oh man, I just don't know like this professor is this or that. Hey, you've got power of the Holy Spirit. 
be a witness. Go, you are empowered. And a lot of you don't believe it unless you never experience the power. So you've got to embrace it. You got to say, okay, I have power. Now, what does that power look like? What is that power for? We're getting there. When enables every single Christian, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. What's also true? You are carrying a global gospel. You are carrying a global gospel. Hey friends, I want you to hear something. Every single one of you are a beneficiary, beneficiary of someone who is obedient to proclaim the gospel verbally to you. I want you to look around this room not for the purpose of negativity and pessimism, but to make a point. I want you to look at the room and look at these empty chairs. And I wanna ask yourself, how cool would it be if one of these chairs was filled next year because you decided to proclaim the gospel and someone believed in Jesus? Wow. How cool would that be? It's not about you, but if God was looking down and he was like talking with the heavenly host, see what's cool. Sickerson, he was sharing the gospel and uh, man, he'd done it a lot but this one time this guy had been working on him already and man, he believed and he's sitting right next to him right there. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if there is a church somewhere overseas that has an empty chair that because you went <laughs> and shared the gospel at some point that a year from now, six years from now, 10 years from now, it is no longer empty, but there's someone sitting there worshiping with a Chinese body of Christ or an Indian body of Christ or North African or Middle Eastern because you shared the gospel. That's, that's the vision, guys. And don't you want in on that? Like I want to invite you in. That's so cool to think about. Where you see an empty chair, you should see an opportunity. That's cool. That's cool. So we are empowered and we are carrying a global gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ comes with wheels and wings. You get it? It travels. The DNA of the gospel comes with wheels and wings. And way back when, ship rudders, I guess, you know, something like that in sails, like it travels, it goes. It doesn't meant to stay in our little holy huddles, it's meant to go out. To the result of these empty chairs being filled with someone is not because we did really good at saying, come and see, but we went and we went out and told. This is not a come and see thing. This is a go and tell thing. And I would love for you to be a part of that. Many of you have already been a part of that. We're empowered witnesses filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We're carrying a global gospel and one more thing. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Y'all don't usually relate to parenting metaphors, but it's what I, what's in my heart. It's what I believe. When I look at Eleanor, I don't say, look at that cute girl. I say, no, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. She's mine. She, she belongs to me and Caitlin. She's not just an affiliation. She's not just someone that I wish would, you know, get potty trained someday, which would also be nice, <laughs> or learn how to feed herself. Even as helpless and as in need of me as she is, 
all the more I'm compelled to say she is mine. So all of you have parents or know that and so hope that connected to you. And here is Jesus, the King of Kings, the Son of God, the one who spoke the world into creation saying to each and every single one of us that you are mine. And that's perhaps the most important thing that you could ever know. Because if you don't know that Jesus is yours, you will not get on the train with us that's leaving the station to go make disciples. And that makes total sense. Why would you go do something for someone that you don't know loves you tremendously? And Jesus, through his sacrificial love on the cross, screamed, you are mine and I've paid the price for you. So loudly he gave his own life, his own death. He shed blood for you and I that we could be reconciled to God. It's like he's kind of seeing, I don't know how it works, but one of the passages of scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the pain of the cross. I sometimes imagine if somehow in his omnipotence, I don't know how he would have done it, if Jesus somehow was able to see every single person that he died for, every single believer. I know that he knows every single one of us in this room, so let's just say he did. And then as he's dying on the cross, this, this, is, this is for those who are mine. <laughs> that beautiful and he rose from the dead probably the most important part it's not just a dead guy claiming to be God and he shows up in Acts 1 8 and he gives us this and he tells us this his disciples and apostles and for 2,000 years this is what has been the main message you are empowered witnesses you are carrying a global gospel and you belong to me Jesus has been giving that invitation over and over again. And so it's not my invitation. I'm just repeating Jesus' words. And I, I want you guys to be a part of that and, and come in. Because I think sometimes, back to that lie, a lot of you believe that some of the things when we're, we're talking about, whenever I, I challenge you, maybe put the, put the bar up here or whatever, and I'm really just quoting Jesus' words, you think, man, I can't do that. It's not for me. I'm like pleading with you. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. I was reading and been reading in Matthew this week. You know, two disciples that he called? Uh, well, one, Peter. Peter's just an interesting guy. Like he's, he's just like, he does a lot of dumb stuff. But he called, check this out. He called to follow him, disciple to follow him. He called a tax collector. You know how hated tax collectors were? Watch the series, the, the Chosen, just to get some like good historical modern piece of like how hated tax collectors were. They were Jews that were taking money from Jews in the name of Roman government. They were hated and sometimes keeping some, most times keeping some on the side for themselves. They were hated and despised. Jesus called them. You know who else he called? Simon the Zealot. You know what Zealots did? Zealots strategically wanted to take over Rome in any violent fashion that they did. We can't know for sure, but if, if, if I went back in time and they said, you know Simon the Zealot killed someone? I'd be like, yeah, probably so. He, he was a zealot. Isn't that crazy? At a bare minimum, I bet, I bet just like Peter did with Malchus's ear, I bet he took a sword to someone's ear at least one point. You know what I'm saying? So he called a very violent person, someone who had a, a, a past of, of anger and just like not waiting for God, not being patient for God to work. I mean, he called some people that had some messed up stories. And every single one of us have some messed up stories that Jesus has come into and redeemed. Amen? And some guys with some messed up stories, he said that to those same guys. Hey, you stop, stop taking swords to Romans and start going out as an empowered witness. I can't imagine what taking swords to Romans, you fill in that blank. I can't imagine what you would say that would disqualify you. There's nothing. There's nothing. 
because all this is true, we are empowered witnesses with the global gospel who belong to Jesus. There are some applications that I just wanna put before you if they haven't already been made clear. I'm gonna ask Corbin and the team to come up. I think one of them is, if all this is true, get this, and this should encourage you. Every excuse you've made to not be in the game, every excuse you've made to not be a disciple who wants to make disciples, which basically means that you follow Jesus and you bring others along with you, every excuse you've made, guess what? Is off the table. because Jesus has done this for us. He's given us power, he's given us a global gospel and he says you're mine and you go in my name. A couple weeks ago, if you still, just in case you still don't believe me, a couple weeks ago on campus, Caitlin and a group of girls that she was with, I'm not lying, this is a true story. Hayes, I forgot to tell you, this is crazy. <laughs> she encountered a girl now, all of us, when we go out and look at, we, we start off, we say, hey, we're Jesus followers and we're just here to be a blessing on campus. And one of the ways we wanna do that is just pray for people. That's all it is. I don't have a, a track that we're handing out. We don't have to wear like white suits and black ties or anything like that. Like it's just, we're just going out in that simple way. And y'all check this out. So from the very beginning, they told this girl, hey, we're Jesus followers. They started with the name of Jesus. And uh, I don't wanna be discouraged by this, but this girl said, this girl said that she was a Satan worshiper. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She said that she goes to a, a satanic temple here. And what began to happen as Caitlin and I debriefed this afterwards is that from the moment they said that they were Jesus followers, this girl was not in a place where she was already like, she was, seemed pleasant. She was, she was approachable. As soon as they said they were Jesus followers, it was weird. She got this demeanor on her face. It's very interesting. He started backing up as they tried to engage her. She just said, hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested. Hey, I, and she just kind of w- walked away. Like, this is a really weird ending, Cole. This is discouraging. It's not. I don't even know her name. They may know her name, but I'm praying that she one day finds Jesus. But what you have to realize, Jesus says we belong to him and he tells us to go out in his name. And I hope this changes for this girl, but if she's worshiping Satan, Satan is inside of her. And Satan inside of her, when he heard the name of Jesus, got scared to death and he had to get out of there fast and in a hurry. That's what happened. Some of you are like, is that true? Yes, that's exactly what happened. And so what I'm telling you, (laughs) if to say the name of Jesus can make Satan worshipers flee, which we hope she turns and repents, just imagine what saying the name of Jesus could do in the hearts of someone who God's working on. It's unlimited. His name is powerful. I promise I'm not selling a bill of goods. If I thought I was lying this whole year and throughout my whole life, and I would, I would go sell insurance or something. It's better money, all right? Less stress. But I really believe this and I've seen it. And a lot of you have seen it too. You're in power witness carrying global gospel who belong to Jesus. So all excuses are off the table. And what I tell you next is, guys, we're, we'll take a little break in the summer. But this fall, the train is leaving the station again and we're gonna go on another journey. A journey of simple, raw, yet powerful disciple making, which is intentionally designed for a five-year-old or an 80-year-old who's been following Jesus for 75 years. Anyone can jump in and we want you guys to come along with that. I want your time here 
however long it is or short it is, when you leave here someday, just like some of these people that were up at the front we prayed for, I want you not only to be a disciple, I hope that you know how to be a disciple maker. That's all. Because when Jesus left in Matthew 28, 19, some of you in discipleship, I asked you to reply with 28, 19, because that's the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus didn't say, go and make great sermons. He didn't say, go and make great worship teams. He didn't say, go and make uh, really awesome like food for people to eat, which Chewy's is great and it's awesome, all right? Those are good things. His parting words tells them that they're witnesses and he says, go and make disciples. That's my calling. That's what church is about. There's a lot of people that want to make it about something else, but that is ultimately why we're here. To point you to Jesus, invite you in and walk alongside you and then watch as you go and do the same thing. That's it. That's what you can boil down what our mission is, to the glory of Jesus. Can I pray for us? Father, thank you so much for this group of students. We love you, Lord. So often we don't find in you our greatest pleasure and purpose, and we can confess of that. We repent of that, God. So often we forget that we belong to you, and so that messes up so many things in terms of what we orient our lives around and our purpose around. God, we confess of that and repent of that, and we want to start living according to reality, not the lies that Satan says that you can never do this, you can never do great things for Jesus. I have a feeling that every single true Christian in there wants to. And so God, stir in their hearts the truths that have been true for 2,000 years, that we are empowered witnesses, that we have a global gospel and we belong to you. And God, as we respond in song, maybe some people need to pray this as a prayer because it's so hard to believe that, that we, it's so hard to embrace the truth that we are to follow you anywhere. So some people it needs to be a prayer. Others, I pray this is just another declaration of how they've been living. God, thank you so much for the gospel. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.